Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, Colin Cowher's Podcast Network. Back again Thursday night, watching this uh, little NBA playoffs here. Kawhi Leonard, just an absolute freak athlete, and beads a beast. There are some legitimate, legitimate talents on the floor of this Raptors Sixers game. But wanted to hit some things. I'm going to do a big Middlecoff mailbag like I do every week, uh, but this is going to be extra big because there's not that much going on. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Come follow me. Come fly up in those DMs. Are wide open. Slide up in them. Ask a question, and then I'll answer it on this podcast. Do it twice a week, Tuesday, Friday. Record them on Monday and Thursday, so if you get in before those dates, uh, I'll get at you. I'll, I'll uh, answer your question, give my thoughts on, and it's pretty organic. Like I, I don't read them before, I just read them, and then I just give you a real-time answer into this uh, my Apple MacBook Pro here. And then I press record, and then I send it off. But I, a couple things I want to touch on before we dive into that was Dave Gettleman, who is kind of getting universally destroyed and beat up over his draft. And I, and I think I know why. Uh, and then ESPN chose their Monday night crew, and I think they made a huge mistake. And they, they kind of doubled down on the mistake they made last year. And I, it doesn't really make much sense. But start with Dave Gettleman. I got a couple texts from scouts. Or I got one text from a scout, I think on like Monday or Tuesday of this week. And he just simply asked, like, why do you think Gettleman is, gonna get, is getting so beat up over this Daniel Jones pick? And his question was simply predicated from the fact that this guy kind of liked Daniel Jones. Now, I don't think he liked him top 10 overall, but he thought he was like, you know, a legitimate first-round draft pick. And then I text a couple other just random scouts, and I just said, what do you think of Daniel Jones? Both of them replied, well, I liked him more than Dwayne Haskins. 
And here's the thing with Dave Gettleman. If you're a football fan and you follow the league, you kind of know who this guy is, and he's kind of the laughingstock of the NFL right now. Of all the things going on in the NFL, he, to me, is the number one laughingstock. And when I say laughingstock, I just mean the guy or the team or the franchise that people just go, I don't think this guy has any clue what's going on. And I think that's somewhat fair to think because his actions of supporting Eli, of signing Odell, and then trading Odell, and then with the Odell pick, drafting a defensive no, you know, a nose tackle in a passing league, and then taking this quarterback that I think most of us in the media and fans, we all watch college football. And we have a decent idea, like we were talking about Drew Locke during the season. It was cl- pretty clear a month in, Kyler Murray, he was going to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other quarterbacks that went off. The Finley kid from NC State. Like most of the, definitely last year, just look at Baker, Lamar, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. We were talking, they were all on the tip of our tongue. It's hard to sneak, you know, just to be like, we're not really even talking about you to a top 10 pick. That doesn't typically happen with quarterbacks. That happens with other players, but it does not happen with quarterbacks. And I, I basically responded to my buddy, the scout. I said, I think Daniel Jones' picks getting destroyed strictly because of Dave Gettleman. He kind of, listen, I, I'm not that political. Like most people, fall somewhere in the middle. I, I don't watch political shows. They're not fun. They just make you angry, regardless of what you think. But you, it's not really arguable that this president's pretty polarizing. And people either like him or they hate him. Or like most people, they don't even think that much about him. But the people that hate him legitimately hate him. And if I told you that Donald Trump cured cancer, you would be like, well, he didn't cure Alzheimer's. Well, he hasn't fixed the, uh, he hasn't wiped out the common flu. Like, he would, you would have responses. You would never give him credit for anything if you hate him. And I think most NFL fans kind of treat Dave Gettleman like that. Nothing he can do will gain anyone's respect unless he makes the playoffs next year. And it's pretty safe to say that he's not going to make the playoffs. But I texted multiple people, and they all pretty consistently came back to me when I asked, would you rather have Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins? And they all said Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones was much more liked in NFL circles than he was on the outside. So this pick, if it had been made by Andy Reid, by Howie Roseman, you know, by Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, you'd have been like, oh, Daniel Jones really got something going for him. But Dave Gettleman could have drafted Kyler Murray and be like, ah, I don't think it's going to work. There's nothing he can do that's right. Now, in fairness, he's done this to himself. He's very cocky. He's very arrogant. He talks about all these Super Bowls he won, but no one gives you that much credit about winning Super Bowls when you're just a scout. It's not like you were the GM or the head coach, you know, or even like a coordinator or even like the assistant GM. You were like a personnel guy. You were an area scout. You were a pro scout. Like Dave, no one, most fans don't even know what you were doing. So when you list off, I've won multiple Super Bowls. I won some with John Elway. I won some with Eli Manning. Like, no one knows that. They, they just look at you like the general manager. You were the guy that just let Josh Norman walk. You were the guy that just randomly got fired because you couldn't get along with people. You were the guy that traded Odell Beckham for a terrible package. There's no way around it. You got pick 17, a fringe starting safety, and a late third-round pick. Like, that's just not very good. So at the end of the day, people aren't going to give you the benefit of the doubt when you, quote-unquote, overdraft the quarterback. And I see some people on Twitter going, you know, it's unfair to Daniel Jones to take all this crap. He didn't deserve it. He didn't draft himself. And I'd say, yeah, that's true, though, every year. And when you're drafted in the top 10 in the NFL, 
after the new CBA change in 2011, your contract's guaranteed for four years. For four years. Now, the fifth year is an option, and it's a highly you know compensated option, but those first four years of your draft in the first round are fully guaranteed. That's why when you see all around the league all these fifth-year options not getting picked up, it shows those guys are royal busts. Like, that, that's a major problem. Like Treadwell, Lawson, Garrett, Doxon, Jay Conklin, Robert Ndikeji. I, I can't even say his name, the Arizona defensive lineman. You know who I'm talking about from Ole Miss. Say it one more time. Ndikeji? I mean, I legitimately just can't say it. I, I've tried. I tried to say it off here. I, I can't say it. Uh, but that's those are swings and misses. Again, I'm not even trying to be funny. I legitimately can't say the defensive lineman, Robert, you know his last name, from Arizona. Not a good player. But that's a problem. So you are stuck with Daniel Jones at minimum four years. But here's the other thing. Whenever you draft a quarterback and you miss, it sets him back. I also think he's made some asinine comments. He could sit for three years. Like Dave, going into your fourth year, you'd have to pick up his fifth-year option or not. This is not 2005. The game's changed. He's not sitting for three years. He has to play next year. At And it's not like he's going into a situation they keep saying this Kansas City model or this Green Bay model. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. Pat Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. And the year he sat behind Alex Smith, I think they were a top five offense. You're sitting behind Eli Manning, who's really struggling. And he can't move. And their offensive line's not very good. So, like, I think at the end of the day, the reason the Giants are just getting eviscerated is strictly because of the GM. Like, Pat Shermer's not really saying anything dumb. The players aren't really saying anything dumb. It's all Dave Gettleman, who they should stop letting talk to the media because he's kind of making a fool out of himself being this. It's hard to be super cocky when, even if you have accomplished things, if no one gives you credit or even knows about your accomplishments, no one cares. Like, Belichick can say he's won six championships with New England. He can say he's won eight rings. Because those two other rings that he won being Parcells' defensive coordinator, everyone acknowledges he played a big role. Hell, Parcells credits him with designing the game plans to beat Bill Walsh to get him to those Super Bowls. So, like, yeah, he gets some credit for that. I'm sorry, Dave Gettleman. No one's giving you credit as a pro scout on some of those Denver Bronco teams that won championships in the late 90s. Because no one knows what you did. So you can act cocky and arrogant, and you should be. Anyone in a high-level position, should be confident of their abilities. But he's setting himself up to get roasted by his maneuvers, by his moves. So even if this guy is a good player, because everyone hates Dave Gettleman, they're just going to naturally kind of hate Daniel Jones. So even if Daniel Jones shows any sign of light, like I remember five or six years ago, Derek Carr, his rookie year, they went 3-13, and but it was clear he showed some signs. Like, okay, they got something here. Last year, Sam Darnold's rookie year was kind of hit or miss, but he showed some things. Josh Allen, pretty hit or miss, but he showed some things. Even if, to me, Daniel Jones has one of those years where he shows some things, I think most people are just going to be like, he sucks, because he's going to be viewed as Gettleman's guy. I think Gettleman's going to be this guy's biggest downfall, even if he's just solid kind of early on his first couple years, because everyone's going to hate him. Think about the other quarterbacks, kind of been the opposite. Like last year with Baker Mayfield, like Dorsey was pounding the table, like I believe in this guy. People just believed him. Andy was like, I'm telling you, this Mahomes guy is going to be a good player. People believed him. Kyle Shanahan was like, I, I, well, I, we think we got a steal in Jimmy Garoppolo. Before we even saw him play. And then he sat. And people believed him. And then he played those last you know, five games. He was like, God, this guy's sweet. Everyone just wants to hate this guy. And again, it, to me, it not, has nothing to do with Daniel Jones. It simply has to do with Dave Gettleman. So no matter what he does, no matter what he says, people are out to hate the guy. 
And I, I think he's doing himself a disservice by constantly kind of defending it and fighting it. That's not the way to approach it when no one trusts you, especially the fan base. And in fairness to the fan base, why should they trust him? He just traded the best player on their team for not that much. And they replaced him with a defensive tackle in a passing league. And they drafted a guy that no one was talking about as a top 10 pick, even if he might have been a top 10 sleeper. Which I'm not saying he is. I don't like, you know, weak arm quarterbacks. But maybe Dave Gettleman's actually a genius. But I, I don't think the fans are even going to give him the, you know, the room to find out. And he only has himself to blame. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, it's really Creighton. You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the never, Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Let's get into Monday Night Football, and ESPN announced... I'm recording this Thursday, so it would have been yesterday. That they're basically rolling it back, and they're just substituting Jason Witten leaving the doubt for the Dallas Cowboys, which was, again, my theory is pretty simple. They were going to fire him. Now you could argue maybe they weren't because they couldn't get Peyton Manning, but I, I just don't think they could roll him back. And they've basically kept Tessator, kept Lisa Salters, and they're just going to have Booger go from the sideline Booger mobile to the booth. And, listen, them going after Peyton Manning would be like me asking Cindy Crawford out on a date. Now, she's a married woman, but I still think she's the GOAT uh, when it comes to women. But you get my drift. It's just you were shooting for the stars regardless of factoring in money. Like, they offered Peyton Manning $10 million a year. Yeah, Peyton Manning's worth $500 million. $10 million a year, that ain't doing it for him. Like, Peyton Manning was never going to work for ESPN. One thing, also, I don't think... Peyton Manning's brand and ESPN really match up. And I know ESPN is kind of getting away from some of the things that they fell apart the last couple years. But still, I, I just I think they were shooting for the stars with a BB gun. Like that, that just was not going to happen. I think the mistake they made, though, to me, the play by play guy can be kind of whoever. Uh, because even when Gruden and Sean McDonough weren't seeing eye to eye, Gruden was such a big star that it was still fun to watch. Uh, McDonough struggled much better at college than he is with the NFL. Like Tessator, I, I think he's a little over the top. This is the NFL. This isn't, you know, a whack. When I was at Fresno State, he used to do whack games. And w- this was the whack before the Mountain West, like when we played Boise, or Boise would play Nevada. Uh, you know, there were some big-time talents back then, Kaepernick, Ryan Matthews, all those Boise teams. So th- we got pretty good games on, like, Thursday or Friday night, and he'd do them with uh, Rod Gilmore. He's obviously worked his way up. And he's, I think he's fine. But when it comes to the NFL, you don't need to be that theatrical. So I, I, I think he needs to tone it down. But my bigger issue is Booger McFarlane. He does not know the NFL. One, he's a college guy. Two, just because you play in the NFL does not mean you understand the players, their backgrounds, the coaches, and the schemes. I, I think that's the biggest misconception when it comes to former players that are just going to be good on TV. It doesn't necessarily, just because you played in the league, we saw with Jason Witten. Jason Witten, I do think, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I've seen him and heard him interviewed in other platforms and go, this guy's really smart. He just struggled to verbalize it. And I, I think there's an element to television, when the light comes on, can you perform or not? No different than a player. You know, a lot of guys can do things in practice, and then once a game happens, they can't do anything. I heard Jason Witten, he even talked about it, I think, on Ryan Rosillo's podcast, He'd have good practice runs, and then he'd get on the live game, whether he'd freeze or he'd screw up. Yeah, it's just it's a different animal. It's no different in playing. It's just a different, you know, it's it's live television. It's hard. It's not easy to do, to be comfortable, to be smart, to be witty. It's, it's what makes Madden and Gruden such unique talents. To me, and again, I'm a little biased here, but I would have just given Lewis Riddick a chance. He has a very unique perspective of working in front offices. He's really smart. He knows the league. He's forgot more about the league in terms of coaches and players than Booger McFarland ever will know. Uh, there would have been somewhat of an outside the box, but clearly this is just a year-by-year operation now. 
until they can go get uh, Peyton Manning, a Tony Romo, and they're never going to get that guy. So you might as well just kind of take an outside-the-box swing. Just go former player Booger McFarlane. Think about this. If Booger McFarlane was at another network, let's say CBS or Fox, is there any chance, any chance he would be on their number crew, number one crew? It'd be zero. It'd be 1,000% zero. He would not probably sniff the number two chair in a lot of these teams. Hell, if he was the number one guy, college, think about this. For college, he wouldn't be ESPN's number one college guy. That'd be Herb Street. He wouldn't be Fox's number one college guy. That'd be Joel Klatt. Charles Davis clearly just knew much more about him when he did it. So I, I, I think they just went with a safe pick, but it was the wrong pick. And Monday Night Football, it's been bad with Jason Witten. I got news for you. I think it's going to be worse. Okay, let's uh, let's get into the Middlecoff mailbag. Do it every week. Just watching the end of this Philly game, the Sixers absolutely destroyed the Raptors. Uh, scrub time, so I thought I'd... Uh, the great part about doing a podcast, I can do different parts at different times of the day. Uh, it's not like a live show, so you can kind of patchwork it together and it all sounds like one show. It's a little trick to the trade. But uh, let's get Middlecoff mailbag. Slide up into my DMs, at John Middlecoff on Instagram, and we'll start with this. Question for the mailbag. Do you think Josh Rosen comes away from this whole ordeal looking pretty good? Seems to me like he was dealt a really crappy situation last year, and despite all the media chaos with Kyler, he came off as the ultimate professional. I I think by a mile that Josh Rosen is the big winner because, to me, the big loser is the Arizona Cardinals and Steve Kime. And, And somewhat, Cliff, is they just look disingenuous. They look fake. Uh, and they just look kind of like bad, like bad people, even though it is a business and Steve Kimes job is to think first and foremost about his organization, not the player. But yeah, I, I would agree. It was a top 10 pick. He was dealt the worst team in the league, the worst, definitely the worst offensive line in the league. He had the crap kicked out of him. He handled it perfectly, showed up to OTAs. I'll tell you this. If I had been in Josh Rosen's situation and I was cocky and arrogant like any 23-year-old quarterback would be. The moment I thought they were going to take Kyler Murray, I would have stopped showing up at OTAs. Now, looking back, that would have made him look worse. I give him full credit. He he was first there, last one to leave. Cliff Kingsbury spoke highly about him. He still, even after he was traded, to me it shows it wasn't fake because he showed up to Larry Fitzgerald's softball game. Uh, I think he won the home run derby. To me, Larry Fitzgerald constantly signing off on him shows something. And I've been saying over and over all week long, to get Josh Rosen a year removed from his rookie year with basically the last pick of the second round or one of the last picks of the second round is an absolute steal. Think about two years ago when Josh Rosen was coming out of the draft, if the Miami Dolphins would have got him for pick whatever what they get him for, pick 62, we would have called that the pick of the decade. And just a year removed, not that much has changed. He's got some NFL reps. He's comfortable in the league. That's that's a huge win for the Miami Dolphins. So, yeah, I I, I can't say it enough. He's the big winner. And uh, I, 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 think the, I think the Miami Dolphins got one of the most undervalued players in 20 years. How often does a former first-rounder, a, less than 12 months removed from the draft, being able to, a guy that goes 10th overall in the draft is available, not because he sucks, but because of just the situation that happened with Arizona for the 60-second pick. It's crazy. You don't even have to pay the guy's bonus. Thoughts about the Fresno State guys? Keyshawn Johnson playing with Kyler should be fun. I like Keyshawn Johnson. 
even though I think Kyler's a bit overhyped, I'd probably agree. Yeah, they had a couple underclassmen on that Fresno State team that came out early, and they went undrafted. And uh, I, I think that's somewhat, I, epidemic's probably the wrong word, but the NFL has somewhat of a problem right now of these underclassmen coming out and them not getting drafted. And it's just, I don't know what can be done. I think they get advice, and maybe some guys just don't want to listen to them. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to do something like the NBA, let a guy dip his toe you know, kind of into the water. Like, you stay enrolled at school, you go to the combine, and then after the combine, you can decide maybe a week out if you want to stay or you want to go. Because if you go to the combine, and you, you're a safety, and you run a 4-9, like, you ain't getting drafted. And if you're an underclassman, you should be able to go back to school. So I, I think the league, the next CBA, I know we worry so much about money, but should talk about some of those things. To give some of these underclassmen where it's clear, like, hey, bro, you are not going to get drafted. And if you do, you're going to go in the 6th or 7th round. Now, if it's strictly about money, come out. But if it's about chasing your dream because you think you're going to be a third rounder when you're really not going to be a seventh or an undrafted free agent, like these, these guys shouldn't be stuck to the process. I think the NBA does a much better job than the NFL. Now, it's a little different in basketball. I think the timeline's a little different. But I, I think it would help these kids out a lot. Just saw a way too early mock draft for next year. Had two out of Bama going one over Herbert. What's your thoughts on that? Bama hasn't produced an average quarterback in years. I think there's too much hype. Well, I, I think Herbert's a little overhyped, but I do think Herbert has more physical attributes than Tua. I think at the end of the day, if I had to make a prediction as I'm recording this on May 2nd, 2019, for basically the end of April 2020, Tua will not be the number one overall pick. I do think Tua's going to go really high. He's Because his threshold, like the other guys, he's taller than Baker Mayfield. He's obviously a lot taller than Kyler. He is really, really accurate. I actually think there are going to be some comparisons to Baker Mayfield with a little bit of Russell Wilson. So I, I think at the end of the day, he's going to go in the top five. He's got multiple wide receivers. I mean, Jerry Judy's going to go in the top ten. He, he's got an unreal just list of skill guys. Oregon's pretty good too, though. Uh, I, I, I kind of like the kid at Georgia, Jake Fromm. Again, just off TV scouting these guys. If I had to list... A prospect list right now of the three quarterbacks. I'd go Jake Fromm one, I'd go two a two, and I'd go Herbert three. But it happens every year. The hype on guys far away. Oh, it's going to be the best quarterback class ever. And then it's ah, it's just meh. Oh, there's going to be really sweet quarterbacks. Ah, just okay. Because they all these guys constantly get picked apart, fairly and unfairly. Right? It just kind of is over the top that they just get destroyed once they. Uh, once they put their name in the hat and people just really start diving into them. I'm a huge Texas fan. Out of the first four selections, oh, the huge Texans fan, the Texans decided to draft players from a small school background. As a former scout, when would you prefer to take a chance on small school prospects, especially in rounds one through three? I I don't think you can look at it like that because I think the tackle that they got was going to go somewhere between 30 and 40. So they got a, just because you're at a smaller school does not mean you're not a big-time prospect, right? You can be a big-time prospect at a smaller school. To me, it's more about just when you're evaluating the player, and I think Titus Howard, the guy they took in the first round, I know nothing about him. I, I can't even pretend to have watched him. But if you if I was evaluating him, what is going to translate to the NFL? Obviously, he has the size, the athletic ability. Do I think he has the mental toughness? Do I think he has the physical toughness? Because there's not going to be much tape where he's going up against NFL defensive ends. 
It's going to be much more in projection, my my individual workouts with the guy. I, I think you're just going to have to try to get a feel for things not on tape, beside the things you see on tape, just foot quickness, play strength. But even play strength, like who's he really shoving around, I think it's difficult. And uh, but, but I'm not against it. I, I don't think I wouldn't have some some rule going, you know, before pick 40, I'll never take a small school guy because you can't do that. I mean, look, a couple years ago, Carson Wentz came out of North Dakota State. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider Texas Tech a small school, but Mahomes became the MVP from Texas Tech. You know, not every guy that comes from USC, from Texas, from Alabama, from Ohio State is a great player. So I think you kind of got to be careful with it right there. If the if the beef is real, do you think it revolves around Thomas? Maybe Shanahan is one trying to ship him out and Lynch is trying to keep him. Lynch to me seems like he may have got too attached to players and Shanahan more is more of the business mindset. From what I've heard, and I wrote an article about this on The Athletic for Thursday, this, this report is 100% not true. Now, I'd be naive to think that there hasn't been tension and they've argued over things. I wrote in the article, I know for a fact they've been trying to trade Solomon Thomas for a couple months. Now, John Lynch has denied that. I think it's pretty clear that when John, when Solomon Thomas was coming out, John Lynch loved Solomon Thomas. He had a class with him at Stanford, fell in love with the character. He's clearly not a very good player. The coach would never say he doesn't like the player, but I don't need him to. I just watch the way he benches him in games. So, of course, he doesn't like him. Because if he liked him, he would play them. I'm not talking about personally. I'm talking about professionally. Kyle does not think the kid can play. Because through two years, he can't. So, yes, I, I do think there's probably some tension over that pick, but there's always tension when you lose. And for two years, they're 10 and 22 through two years. Now, they're 6 and 2 when Jimmy starts. So, if Jimmy's on the field, I think they're going to be good, and I think they'll be fine. But I, I, in that article, it said there's going to be a power struggle. There is no power struggle. Kyle, of the top of the pyramid, Kyle's at the top. Kyle personally hired John Lynch. Kyle Shanahan signed a six year deal at over $7 million a year. If Kyle Lynch, or if, if Kyle Shanahan wanted John Lynch removed, he would be removed from his position. It, it really is that simple. Uh, that, that's as really as simple as I could say. If, if Adam Peters, I, I've known Adam Peters, is working in the league for a while. Adam Peters is one of the higher character, better scouts in the NFL. Him and Kyle get along. Hey man, love the pod. Question you can just answer on IG or whatever. I'm 24 and I'm a high school coach in Texas. I have aspirations of coaching in college or maybe even the NFL. And I was wondering if you could offer some insights on steps I could take to maybe tangible from this point. I know this is more of a coaching than a scouting question. I think my basic thing would be go to the coaching clinics, the different schools around you have. When Texas or Texas A&M or Texas Tech or any of the schools around you, the colleges, have these summer camps, go to the summer camps. Good way to network. Good way just to meet other people. Uh, and, and obviously, you just got to be active. When If you have a high school recruit, you know, and, these, and college coaches are coming through, be active when you're introducing yourself. You never know when that guy who's a coordinator might become a head coach. It's just, it's all based on relationships. And that's, football is no different than finance, is no different than some sales position. Who you know, it's not necessarily about what you know, because the irony is, Worked in the NFL, worked in college football. Hell, I've been around high school football. That Just because you're in the NFL does not mean you're a great coach. Just because you're in Division One college doesn't mean you're a great coach. It might mean you know the right person. Be my recommendation. Just network, be active when you're meeting these guys, 
and uh, you, you you have to be aggressive. You're 24 years old. Shouldn't be that difficult to be aggressive. Luckily, you know, you probably don't have a family yet. Uh, and that's when you can, you know, it's a tough profession coaching. You got to be able to move around. You got to be willing to move around. There's just, it's part of the deal. The Packers are putting their trust in Aaron Rodgers. And by not adding offensive weapons outside of the Notre Dame running back in the sixth round, do you think the Packers sign a vet in the upcoming weeks? Also, what do you think the ceiling is for Pettin's newly revamped defense? You know, they got Devontae Adams. They still got some of the younger wide receivers, number 83. Uh, got, I, I can't, I'll butcher his name, but you know who I'm talking about. The running back they drafted last year. They, they got players on offense. Their offensive line's good, and they hired an offensive coach. To me, it's defense, defense, defense. You add, you know, the corner they drafted last year in the first round. <clears throat> Their defensive backfield should not be bad. They drafted Savage. They added Gary to go along with Kenny Clark. Uh, they got some young linebackers. I think Pettin's a good defensive coach. I actually thought the Packers were not terrible on defense last year. I, I, Aaron Rodgers, let's face it, in the offense was the problem. It wasn't their defense. So their defense should be even better this year. Again, they got a lot of young corners. It's not exactly murder's row in that division when it comes. I mean, Cousins is solid, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. Stafford, you know, and that team is just so hit or miss. And then, you know, Trubisky, that team's much more of a defensive team than an offensive team. So I, th- I think the Packers, I don't love their coach. I- I've said it over and over. But their roster is not as bad as people talk about it. It seems like sometimes during the draft, GMs reach for players because of ego. They feel like they see something that somebody that nobody else does. Do some GMs have the I'm the smartest guy in the room attitude? Or maybe it's called the Chip Kelly attitude? You know, I I think sometimes it's more based on this. When you draft a guy, let's use an example. I'll just think of one from the draft. Okay, let, let's use the example of Mike Mayock and John Gruden. Let's, John Gruden does not quite understand value in the draft. and He doesn't really care. I think Mike does. But I think when you look at that pick, Cleveland Farrell, number four, you go, we're not picking again until 24. We need a 4-3 defensive end so Josh Allen does not fit. So if we're going to take Cleland Farrell, or we're going to need a 4-3 defensive end once Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams, Quinn and Williams is a defensive tackle, but he would have fit them too. We go, well, we don't really love any of these other defensive ends, and we're not going to take Montez Sweat here because of the heart murmur. If we're going to overdraft this guy, it's more just because he's not going to be there when we draft at 24. And while I do think it's an overdraft, I don't think that's them being the smartest guy in the room. I think a lot of times when you draft a player... And I think you see this happen a lot in the 20s. You go, well, all these tackles are going to be gone. Like, let's say the Houston Texans. I thought they screwed up last week because they didn't get aggressive for the Washington State tackle. Now, there is a chance that they liked Titus Howard more than Andre Dillard. I would, I'd be hard-pressed to see that, but let's just assume that. So you go, okay, we'll wait for Titus Howard. Well, here's the problem. If no one's willing to trade back with you, you go, well, we don't pick again until the end of the second round. This player is not going to be there. So we have to take him there. I, I think it has less to do with smartest guy in the room syndrome and more to do with whenever you're picking, you just factor it in when you pick next and you go, God, we can't get anyone to trade back with us. To me, unless you have the all the information, like I know you didn't even try to trade back, then you're kind of an idiot. But if you tried to trade back and no one is willing to trade back with you, that's not really your fault. Then you just got to draft a guy that you go, well, we want this player and we don't think he's going to be there. I Drafting's hard. I mean, I I love being critical over it. Obviously, everyone loves listens to the podcast, loves being critical over it. It's one of the, beside being critical and talking about games, 
it's really the thing we talk most about. What pick you made, what pick could you have made, what pick did you bypass for making that pick, what other situations, scenarios could you have done. Uh, it's what makes the NFL draft so fun, really. I'm talking about it a week later. I'll probably be talking about it for weeks as these guys start playing in OTA. So I, I, I think it's difficult. I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong way to do it. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Do you think the Ravens' offense will be as productive as it looks on paper? I was actually, earlier today, I had uh, in my office NFL Live on the background, and John Harbaugh was on there. And one thing's pretty clear, the Ravens, I, I'm not a Lamar Jackson believer, but I do respect that they're just going all in on kind of this niche deal. They're just going to have a track team. They're going to have outside receivers that can fly. They're going to have a quarterback that can fly. And then they're going to have running backs that can just slam the ball between the tackles. They're going to have a downhill running game and just try to hit deep balls on play-action passes. 
So it's it's kind of going to be like a college offense. It'd be a little Chip Kelly-ish. Uh, now, will it work? I'd say no. I think John Harbaugh's a really good coach. They always have a good defense. But it's going to be different next year with every team ready. Are they going to be able to complete enough balls on a week-in, week-out basis to be a competitive team? Like I, They're going to be good. You know, six, seven wins, eight wins, but can they win ten wins? Now, John Harbaugh had a good point. He's like, no one's going to pick us to win. That's usually how it goes here. And they haven't been picked to win that division in years. But I, I who the hell is going to pick them to win running that offense? Not me. Hey, man, random thought and wanted to get your opinion. With the NFL being a salary cap league, how has there never heard of teams trying to get around the cap by paying dudes under the table? I'm not well read on ownership rules and penalties for cheating, but I would think somehow that somehow tried to get around the cap by now. As a Cowboy fan, I think Jerry would be a habitual violator of this. Well, that's a good question. Uh, you know, you'd have to ask people in the league to get a really, really good answer. I, the one thing I would imagine is they have very, very serious penalties on that. Paying anyone outside the cap is a major, major violation. Wasn't Didn't something happen a couple years ago to the Cowboys and the Redskins? They got popped for something. Might have been like just something around the cap. But I think draft picks. Here's the other thing. All these guys, what's unique about the NFL, like Jerry Jones and Stan Kroenke and Robert Kraft, is while they're all competitive against each other, they're all partners. You know, like if I'm running a media company and I start John JDM Media, my media company then, if I'm doing podcasts and internet videos, then I start competing against Barstool, right? And hell, ESPN. Let's just use Barstool as an example. Barstool's competition isn't like internet blogs. It's now ESPN. It's now Fox. So you, you're not you're not in it to win it with them. <clears throat> you guys are competitive. We're in the NFL. You're competitive on the field. But if I make money, that means you're making money. That means we're all making money. And, and in the NFL, they split revenue. So while coaches might want to cheat, Belichick, and I don't even think... I've never really even thought Belichick cheated. I thought he pushed the envelope. From an ownership standpoint, I, I just crossing those lines for those guys doesn't make as much sense. They're all kind of, they're, they're I mean, they're partners. Okay, let's get a couple more. What are your thoughts on the state of the Rams? Drafts seem like a B grade, but I think that would have been better than they use their late first round pick on one of the tackles or an interior uh, offensive lineman like Dalton Risner. Also, know how concerning, to me, the most concerning thing about the Rams is Todd Gurley. He was, last year, the last couple of years, became one of the best players in the league. One of the most unique players in the league. And clearly, this arthritis, tendonitis, whatever's wrong with his knee, they drafted a running back on the second day, is not good. So, as long as he was healthy, I'd say this. I'd say the Rams are going to be really good. But if Todd Gurley becomes a shell of himself, I'd say they're going to be in some trouble. Because more pressure is going to be on Jared Goff. Ndamukong Sue's not there. Now, Ndamukong Sue's not great. They lost Joyner, but they did add Taylor Rapp, the kid from Washington. Uh, they still got Marcus Peters, who's, you know, kind of okay. Aaron Donald's arguably the best defensive player in the league, him or Khalil Mack. Got some young tight ends. They still Whitworth still around. McVay's a really good coach. They're going to be competitive. But to me, their point of difference the last two years has been Todd Gurley. To me, when you're point of difference, like the Colts, they got Andrew Luck. You know, uh, Andy, he is Mahomes now. <laughs> you know, if your point of difference is your quarterback, the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson. When all else fails, that guy can make plays for you. 
The Rams' point of difference is Todd freaking Gurley. And that's why they lose in the Super Bowl 13-3. to There is no chance if he's 100% they don't score. None. I, I just, I think it's impossible. But that's just, you know, the nature of the beast when you lose your most important uh, player. Uh, hey, Middlecoff, appreciate the podcast. I'm a Bills fan from Walnut Creek, California. I see you, buddy. Currently living in Rockland via the Air Force. Been in Rockland many times. How do you feel about the Bills draft plus free agency? Am I crazy thinking nine or ten wins and a wild card contender? Like their draft a lot. Uh, obviously, their first two picks. Just watched the video from the draft. It's really cool. Some of these teams doing some of these videos. I mean, the Colts did a 20-minute video on YouTube, which is just badass. It's awesome. The Bills did like an eight-minute one that's really good. Ed Oliver was widely viewed by most as a top-five prospect. The kid Cody Ford they got in the second round, really, really good player. Who else did they draft? They draft the Florida Atlantic running back. So they got three really good players. I didn't like their free agency as much. They have an inaccurate quarterback, and they have a signed a bunch of midget wide receivers. Like I don't like I like big body guys. Like to me, Michael Crabtree actually makes a lot of sense for them. Now I don't necessarily know if Sean McDermott would be a Michael Crabtree guy, but that would be the type of guy that I would go after. Uh, nine ten wins feels a little bullish. I'd probably go seven or eight, but I think they are going to be vastly improved. Uh, longtime Cardinals fan. Yes, it's hard. I feel you. Uh, what is your overall opinion of Steve Kahn? Ignoring his DUI as a GM. He's made few good moves, i.e. David Johnson, getting Carson Palmer, also drafted the Honey Badger. But his overall, his misses far outweigh his good decisions. He also traded for Chandler Jones. So I, I think he's actually made some pretty good moves. Seems he'll never get fired because he's buddy-buddy with Bidwell. Which, you know, at the end of the day, in fairness Steve Kahn, like being buddies with your owner is important probably in any job. What are my overall takes? I, I, I think he's more capable than I think that people are down on him. Did he handle this Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen thing well? You know, I, I don't know how he, else he could have handled it. Uh, maybe he could have been a man and just looked at Josh Rosen two weeks before and said, man, you're not going to be on the team. You don't need to keep coming if you don't want to. You know, or just do something like that instead of kind of stringing him along, which... Let's call it what it is. There's a human element to us all that kind of feels it was screwed up, messed up. Not fair to the kid. He, he deserved better. And, he, you know, he didn't get it. But, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'd i say right now, it's not great. I mean, he, to me, it's a big, big couple years for him. He had a one-and-done head coach in Steve Wilkes. He goes and hires Cliff Kingsbury, who was an under-500 coach in Texas Tech, now, he produced some quarterbacks, but to think that he's going to be able to work in the NFL seems extreme. He obviously knows nothing about defense. They drafted a midget quarterback who is really talented. They drafted their offensive line stinks, and they just drafted a bunch of wide receivers. So I I know Cliff Kingsbury probably thinks, oh, I can scheme anything with these these offensive linemen. Like, good luck, bro. You got to drop block Aaron Donald. You got to block D. Ford and DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa. It's not going to be easy. So I... I I think it's going to be really, really difficult. And if the Cardinals are a top five drafting team again this year, I, I don't see how Steve Kime survives. Appreciate everyone listening. Thanks again. Enjoy the weekend. Three and Out Podcast to all your friends. Subscribe. And uh, talk to you next week. Peace.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with bare premium plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You know in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply.